Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Doll Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Mr. Robot's series finale feedback. We are covering everything we can possibly about Mr. Robot, trying to wrap up all the loose ends. If we miss anything, I'll probably have to go back in the description, but we're going to try to get just about everything we can all on the podcast Uh, some of y'all's feedback and a couple of the notes that I took going back and rewatching the part one and part two season finale. So this is complete spoilers for the entire series. By now, I expect you to have seen Mr. Robot, the show. So up top, I just wanted to remind everybody where you can find the the Lucky Doll podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn. You can even ask your Amazon Echo to uh, download TuneIn, and you can play the Lucky Dog Podcast anytime you want. Get the freshest, newest podcast you possibly can. So um, this podcast is also available on Twitch and YouTube as well. So if you're laying in bed and have a Fire Stick TV, just throw it on on YouTube or Twitch on there, and you'll be set to go. So we are on Mr. Robot now, so let's take a couple of the comments that we have from the YouTube. Jamie Luna says, fucking genius, best show of the decade. So based on that, I guess that Jamie hated the show. (laughs) I'm just messing, I'm just messing. Uh, Jamie seemed to have loved it, and um, I'm I'm relatively right there with Jamie. Um, I, I am slightly a little bit more pulled back from my initial initial reaction I know some people were a little bit more polarized on the ending some people loved it some people were, weren't so crazy about it they were like where's the white rose where's the you know where's the dark army is there a time shiftiness going on what exactly is going on overall we find out all that's going on in his head and the the time shiftiness is not actually happening but um I, I think that the fact that we didn't get too much of a solidified payoff on the White Rose front is uh, going to irritate some people on this se- uh, season finale. Um, Simi says, spoilers. When it was discovered that Elliot had multiple personality disorder, I remember this disorder usually happens when the individual went through intense trauma, especially those who experience sexual abuse. I didn't actually think that it was going to be the case. Damn. It's such a mind-blowing experience knowing the revelation after this episode. So the revelation after the episode, obviously we're talking about that Mr. Robot Elliot, our our Elliot, um, has taken over the real Elliot over some time in the last year, which I I think we can have confirmation that we've been watching this, uh, this new, the Our Elliot has been been in control the entire time of the television series with the exception of maybe a few times the real Elliot has tried to seep in um when we got that initial reveal I wasn't um mind blown per se so yeah I wasn't really like mind blown by the revelation of finding out that our Elliot was not the and you know the real Elliot I was more like I felt like I was figuring out the missing clues to uh, the crime or something like that, you know, or finding out a faster direction to get somewhere because we had been going the long way the whole time. This feels like the proper explanation that would make sense for who this guy is. And going along back with the uh, flashbacks uh, at the beginning, a lot of the beginning stuff is... Angela explaining that you aren't exactly who you said you've been. And it's a, a bunch of these flashbacks of people talking to Elliot saying, you aren't the person I initially knew several months ago, which kind of explains why uh, the Elliot we know um, is slightly different from the real Elliot. So um, I'm glad Simi had the, uh, the mind-blowing experience. I was... Um, I guess, like I said, I felt like I was expecting some sort of revelation like this. Not like 
I knew he was going to be another disorder. I was just like, there's something up with this guy and we're just missing a piece. And this, you know, this explains it. Raymond says, uh, we'll always be a part of Elliot. And I think that that's something that is kind of left open to interpretation as in who are we as the audience? Because Krista definitely acknowledges us as viewers and as, um, you know, voyeurs that have been looking, you know, over Elliot or, you know, with Elliot during everything, but unable to interact. I'm not exactly sure what our complicity is in, in this. Um, and there's also the possibility that we might be Elliot, which I don't necessarily believe. I, I feel like that's kind of, um, I don't know. I, I, I'd have to <clears throat> marinate on that a little bit just to think about, I, I, I don't think we're Elliot, but there's not a hundred percent. There's nothing confirmed that we are or aren't. My only thing is I feel like we were in places that the real Elliot couldn't be. So, uh, also the eye at the very end, when I initially watched the show, I thought the eye was tan or sorry, not tan, a tan eye, um, kind of like a green or an olive color and definitely not a blue. So when I went back and rewatched it, I actually had to rewind it twice. The eye that we pull out of definitely has kind of a mixed color to it. It's kind of a blue goldish color. So the way that we it, it pulls out of the eye it um it's it's uh leaves it up to interpretation of who you think that could be i personally don't believe that it's sam esmill i think that's <clears throat> it's kind of cheating just in a way that that character if if it was the if it was the writer and director of the show that we pulled out of the eye of um I don't know. I just feel like he'd be laughing at us if that's if that's what it was, because it's just like, obviously, this idea and this story came from you, Sam Esmail, the director. I just don't need a physical representation of that happening, um, unless you're in the story, that is. Uh, JC says, this is a very eerie and very uncanny. This is very eerie and very uncanny to the season finale. But this guy seemed to have predicted the ending and parts to the twist with 80% accuracy. You'll see what I mean when you look at the date and artworks. Okay, so apparently someone had called uh, uh, possibil- the possibility of having Elliot of uh, being uh, another personality. Which, okay, I-, I do recall one or two people saying in the void, you know, are these other are these other figments of his personality. I don't remember anyone saying that Elliot himself is another personality. All right. Um, Johnny Castle, your your comments are just way long. I'm sorry, but um, I'm going to have to scroll down to the bottom of it. Um, Let me see. Alright, he, he Johnny Castle doesn't seem so so hot on the way this this ends from what it looks like. You can't just go you can't just let go of your inflicting traumas, especially through your childhood. Suffer through a plane crash and just and just decide that you're going to be normal again and let go, quote unquote. You can't quote unquote let go of things that made you who you are. Leon made no sense in standing behind Elliot. He just served no purpose other than a limo driver with fourth wall breaking abilities. That's it. Um, well, I mean, Leon was there for protection, so I'm not really sure if I can agree with all of that. But I, I do feel like the Leon story was a little bit convenient to leave the Dark Army all of a sudden, considering how intense they were. Um, and, you know, in getting out of that, anybody that seemed to want to get out of the Dark Army, except for like Leon and Irving, seemed to have gotten popped. Um Tyrell dies before he gets saturated with the purple light and that loud, mysterious creature screaming. No closure to that. Um, well, Johnny, I would say that the the creature screaming, obviously, is the, the howl of death, and that's just kind of like a metaphor. Um, I would say the blue light... My guess is Tyrell has some sort of DID as well. I'm, I'm just going to go with that, because he seemed to kind of you know, 
go all over the spectrum with his emotions. Sometimes he was excessively excited, and then other times he didn't want to be in the same room as uh, the people that he loved. Uh, so I just, I, I do have a, a you know a couple of gripes with the Tyrell character and Joanna Wellett character. What was the exact importance of having those characters besides maybe infiltrating E Corp and having maybe uh, Elliot have like a a doppel somewhat of a doppelganger that uh, is more like a successful version of himself, maybe something in that way. Um, Johnny also says, "What was the White Rose massive uh, hadron collider?" Um, originally intended for four before her suicide so this was another thing that had the hadron collider or whatever that i think they were trying to move to the congo which i do feel the congo shit was kind of dropped i don't feel like it was ever fully explained that the congo was where the was where they wanted to house the project but it was a but it was stationed in washington township it i felt like that was just very um kind of mixed I didn't maybe I needed to spell it out for me and I'm just dumb but I just was like what is the point in the Congo I just remember Terry Terry Colby always talking about it but anyways I personally do believe that White Rose's machine worked in some sort of parallel universe given that all these people were killing themselves for her um, I know I've listened to countless amounts of podcasts that say they don't believe it worked but my counter to that is then how how did Angela see you know her young self my you know I understand she didn't you know recognize her young self but um she was straight up interviewed by her young self so there has to be some sort of assuming everything we saw in that time was real um she was interviewed by her young self so there's some sort of time machine to bring bring them back and forth on some level. My guess is Sam Esmail might have wrote himself in a way that the machine was actually shown and maybe it didn't work. Maybe he wrote it and it didn't work. Um, maybe he didn't write it at all. I'm not sure. But overall, for the sake of the story, it really doesn't matter if it worked for worked. I mean, for the sake of us wanting answers, we, we want to know why there's, you know, uh, the photos on the faces of Angela's family and friends in her apartment are covered. You know, why are, why is, um, Angela acting crazy? Um, it, it, there's a lot of results happening due to whatever white Rose is planning. The thing is we don't know exactly what she was planning. And even after the fact, we still don't really know what she's planning. And, I'm not really sure if that was like a MacGuffin or if it was just like, you know, it was one of the things, stay tuned for next week and you'll see what happens. And it kind of felt like it started to turn into that just a little bit. But um, I'm not 100% uh, upset that we, you know, <laughs> didn't get to see uh, the explanation of what Angela was shown or what White Rose had planned. Um, I do find it a little bit specific that they had to kill themselves to get there. I, I kind of wanted a little bit, maybe a little bit more explanation on that, but I don't know. Just, um, I didn't need it spelled out that this is what the had Hadron Collider did. I would have just rather had just a tad bit more confirmation. Um, also we're still on Johnny's comment. There's no explanation to what, uh, Elliot did when Vera came upstairs we just bypassed that shit and pretend it didn't happen. Um, I wondered if the Vera, if what we were, everyone's talking about when Vera first showed up. I want to say that when Vera first showed up was at the end of season three when, um, I think it's Darlene and there's like a prostitute or somebody that she's walking with or a friend down the street. And so that's, that's what I thought when he showed up, that's, those were the missing days or hours that I, I wasn't exactly sure of. But other than that, I know what you mean. And I get what Sam Esmo was trying to do from the jump when he did all that meta shit, when he killed off his main protagonist, he should have just finished the job. I already had the gut instinct that there were several outcomes, that there were several outcomes that 
this was not going to end well for Elliot. Everything went too fast in such a compressed short span of one year, 2005. I would have rather Mr. Robot die a hero in the nuclear blast than for him to live long enough to see him come back to being Pee Wee Herman. So, Johnny, I'm not really sure exactly if he became Pee Wee Herman, um, you know, coming back into reassimilating himself. I think that it really depends on your expectations of what you wanted out of the, out of the finale. I mean, there were a lot of balls up in the air. It's like, you know, you got the, you got the Tyrell, you got the White Rose, you got the Elliot, you got the family, you got the Three Days Missing, you got the Hack, you got E Corp, you got the Deus Group. A lot of stuff, all having to cover up in the last like two, you know, three or four episodes, and uh, it's it's quite a feat to do. So, I I will say the fact that this I guess entire series is compressed into a year definitely grounds this uh, this television show in the middle of the 2010 era. Um, you know, between 2010 and 2020. So it definitely grounds it in between there. And there's something, I don't know, about ending Mr. Robot at the end of the decade, getting ready to start 2020, and kind of pulling out of, uh, you know, his eye of, you know, um, Elliot's eye and kind of reassimilating ourselves and kind of having a new vision. Definitely feels representative of... Uh, I guess us, you know, as watchers, us as creators, whoever is creating digital media, um, that, you know, kind of pulling out of Elliot's eye and, you know, seeing Darlene is, you know, seeing the light kind of, um, it's kind of like, you know, closing the book, changing, you know, uh, going to the next chapter, um, going to the next step. It feels like moving on in a way that is extremely represented, uh, represented on the screen um, that I actually like. Spectoral says, um, can you help me answer a couple of lingering questions I have for the end of the show? I'm wondering, when did real Elliot wake up for Darlene once before? I'm thinking real Elliot might have woken up once before, at least when he was leaving the jail cell, um, and we can't hear exactly what he says to Darlene. He whispers something to her. Um, also, I'm wondering, was it real Elliot who told Darlene Vera was out? Um... It, I guess it was. I mean, I don't really see if it's important or not. It, it could have been Mr. Robot. I'm not really sure if that, you know, because of the way it ends, it doesn't really matter all that much if you think about it. Um, but I do think it was Mr. Robot. Um, did we ever get an explanation for the missing three days of memory in season two with Tyrell? So that was something a lot of people were expecting to have, like, you know, a, a big reveal on. I I personally do not think that they put enough importance on the three days in the last two seasons for it to be kind of like this big mystery item. It's not like, oh, what, what the hell was he doing for those three days? It was, it seemed like it was just, you know, he happened to be out for three days and, you know, lost track of time. I mean, in the first season, I felt like he had lost, you know, a couple days and a couple weeks at a time. And so... I was uh I wasn't really upset that we missed those 3 days. I you know, it would have been nice to go back and see what he was doing, but I it, it didn't really seem like they were doing much except for planning for the hack, which it, in accordance to, that, to what we're talking about, we're talking about when they Tyrell and Elliot are doing the major hack at the end of season 1. I believe we see what happens at the end of season 2. And and then um we get the reveal in season three that Irving came to that house to pick up Tyrell. And then uh, Mr. Robot and Elliot went and, I don't know, parked Tyrell's car wherever uh, in somewhere in New York. And that's where he woke up in season one. So uh, in Tyrell's car. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I sometimes think about that going back and I'm like, you know what? It would have been nice to see, but necessarily, I, I don't know what really happened. It, it really just seemed like he was, you know, sleeping in the car for three days. I'm not exactly sure if that would have made sense because 
Um, that would have been an expensive-ass bill, but <laughs> um, let's see. Who, Elliot or Mastermind, told Tyrell in the theme park, you're only seeing what's in front of you and not what's above you? That is a fascinating question. Um, let's see. I guess my personal opinion about that would be that it's still Mastermind, but we have some Elliot seeping into it because he might he might be talking about himself. I felt like a lot of the times they were talk, referring to God within this season, and, or sorry, within this series, he might be talking about the real Elliot, which I'm not exactly sure. This might be uh, good to go back and re-watch season two. I think that a lot of people are going back and uh, doing rewatches and recaps and everything watching the full series i obviously don't have time at this point but um i do think that season two is one of the seasons that felt the most murky in a way and the way when i mean kind of murky it felt like we're in this dream state and nothing exactly feels uh solid and it's hard to care about the the protagonist if we can't tell if he's um, being captured by doctors or if he's being captured by FBI guys. And if he's, you know, we can't trust exactly what we're seeing for a lot of the season two. And a lot of it is because mastermind Ellie is probably trying to control. Um, and, and a lot of season two is talking about, you know, living in illusion and, and trying to accept real control. And that makes a lot of sense. And especially because when going, when I was, Going back on rewatching that, it was like, well, this is really deep, really, you know, metaphorical, I guess, you know, trying to trying to take real control. And most people thought it was taking control from Mr. Robot. It was Mastermind Elliot taking control from Elliot. So overall, yes, I do think that Mastermind Elliot was the one that was saying you're only seeing what's above you, not what's in front of you. Because to my knowledge, we do not hear real Elliot speak until we enter the red zone and, and like... Uh, episode season four ten um thank you spectacle um let me see um, okay is he cool ten all right so Ivzy cool ten says I'm hoping that the ending signified a merging of the all personalities into one so elliot is now just elliot in all of them that's that's what i'm hoping too if uh if easy cool 10 um i i really think that the whole entire season is showing the fracturing of all his personalities and how you know they're all interacting with each other the fact is they don't all know about each other um or mastermind elliot doesn't know about all of them until the very end now that he knows all about him, now he can reassimilate himself. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Jamie Boris. Our Elliot was looking at the trophies in what would have been the real Elliot's room and a glimpse into what would have been the real Elliot's personality in life. Had he not been traumatized by his father, the images of our Elliot on the real Elliot's computer would have em emerged awkwardly his graphics art, as we saw, but instead took over the real Elliot inwardly. That's why our Elliot mentions in the movie scene about him always being a part of him, parts of his mind. I imagine that if the finale went further, we would have the real Elliot not remembering anything about his life as a computer whiz. In the real world, he would end up creating a character, perhaps a comic book called Mr. Robot about a hacker vigilante. That was by uh, Jamie Burris. Thank you. Um, so yeah, the majority of that, I agree. I think that that alternate life, uh, that they the the Alderson loop that the Red Zone Elliot, I guess the real Elliot, is stuck in, is in the fantasy. It's the harsh it's a harsh reality that he it's it, sorry it was a reality that he wanted it was a, it was a fantasy he wanted so he put the real Elliot there 
while the mastermind, Elliot, took over. Now, one issue I have, Jamie, is if we continue Mr. Robot after, let's just say there's like two more episodes, hypothetically there were two two episodes after this, uh, Elliot, real Elliot, if you, if real Elliot is waking up at the end of this, uh, show or story and doesn't remember shit that he did, I mean, how fucked would you be? I mean, he is somewhat single-handedly responsible for some of the biggest world's hacks and, like, I didn't see if he had handcuffs or if, if he had security detail on him, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they would... They would be able to, you know, reverse a lot of what he's done. And um, I'm just saying, like, he would probably have to plead for insanity or something like that to stay out of jail. It's just not plausible, in my opinion, that Elliot Alderson as a character, if you continue this story, is going to have a happy ending after this. I mean, you the reason you have to... Uh, Sam... Esmail had to cut it off right there because he would have had an ass load of work uh, you know, just explaining if you wanted some sort of happy ending for him to, you know, uh, go off into the sunset with some, you know, Darlene or whatever. I mean, it's, there is a lot of work that has to be done. So I, I personally am glad where it ended because I think that <laughs> Ellie Alderson as a character is not looking so hot uh, past going that past laying in that um, hospital bed. I really don't think that Elliot is probably a free man, at least immediately. Uh, you know, he could, everyone can speculate about what would happen after. Or we can have uh, uh, one of those El Caminos. You know what? Why not just have Sam Esmail and all of the Mr. Robot gang come back for a final movie? And I would be happy. I think that this is a show that could especially work for having the uh, El Camino treatment. It's it's a way that we can relive sometimes with some of the best characters, but also we can get some explanations to some that we didn't get. Um, Emily Rapologi. I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Um, Emily is Angela's mom. I love this show and I love your reviews. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it, Emily. Um, I apologize. I got your last name wrong. Rip, Ripologi. It might is it Italian or something? I don't know. I, I it, there's a lot of countries out there, so I'm I'm just kind of winging it at this point. But thank you for your comment. And uh, yes, I did get. Uh, Emily is uh, Angela's mother. Uh, I originally watched it, and I think it was the real Elliot calling, uh, calling her mother, and that's why he a answers it and says Emily, Emily, and. Uh, yeah, it, that's what had got me confused. He had uh, he had answered it, and he was asking for Emily. But thank you. Um, let me see, Catalina Layers or Liars. It's not Liars. It's Layers. I think. I'm sorry if I said that. Um, after watching the finale, all I can see the link. To, sorry, after watching the finale, I can see the link to the scene from season two four. It was a flashback scene taking place on Elliot's, sorry, taking place on Halloween 2014. Darlene went to visit Elliot and he knew who she was. Darlene went to visit Elliot and he knew who she was. He tells her he was fired from it, from his IT job on Wall Street, and now he has been court-ordered therapy. This may be the only time we get to see the real primary, quote-unquote, real primary Elliot. During this whole series, Darlene bought, uh, brought a F Society mask to him. She got, she got from a Halloween shop and asked Elliot to put it on. During this scene, during this scene, I think we see the emergence of the mastermind, Hoodie Elliot. He begins to plot the five nine hack in front of our eyes. That is a great catch, Catalina. Wow. So, if that's true. Cause that, cause that does make sense. I I forget that sometime between 2014 when Darlene came back, and sometime in season one when Elliot tries to kiss Darlene, he forgets completely who she is, and so it is interesting to 
kind of track this, that that might be the first time we see real Elliot. I'm not exactly sure if that makes 100% sense. I got to think about it for a minute because that's, that's a great piece of information. Um, thank you, Catalina. I'll give you a little like right there. Irene. Heralabatos. I'm sorry if I'm getting all these last names wrong. I, I, I'm not great with last names. Y'all can fuck my last name up for me. Um, I definitely would have liked to see the two Elliots interact more. It was fascinating. She also says, I think that the fighting... That fighting the 1% of the 1% was an important part of getting us involved and invested in the show. An important part of understanding Elliot. It made the show fit in its time. The human part of understanding Elliot and his way of dealing with trauma and his connection to his sister was more universal. Overall, the show was incredible and I need to re-watch from season one. Also, she says it was awful to watch Elliot kill himself. Our Elliot was called the Mastermind, by the way. This episode started out intrin intrinsically and then and then became horrifically sorry, and then became horrific and ended beautifully. I had tears. I completely agree, Irene. Um I think that fighting the one percent of the one percent is a lot easier to get us invested than I need to fight myself <laughs> in a DID dual personality disorder you know uh i personally one of the main reasons that i jumped on the show is because of you know this guy i was like he's like a super whiz he's like a super vigilante hacker but he also has these real life problems and he's extremely relatable i think that um sam esmel did a stellar job creating one of the most interesting and relatable characters and um, of the last 10 years. Um, just through the direction, through the story, through the music and the cinematography. It's all fitting within tone. And kind of going on this journey and this ride with Elliot has just been fascinating. And I absolutely have loved it. Um, let me see. You said at one point that our, uh, sorry, Jared Huto. You said at one point that our Elliot, when talking with his clone, was the clone. Sorry, you said at one point that our Elliot, when talking with his clone, that the clone was the real Elliot. My perception was when he woke up, the television showed White Rose Dead and Darlene, and what we had seen the entire season of our Elliot in control of was our Elliot in control of the real Elliot was Darlene real we saw the transformation I believe in one season of in one season on Halloween when Darlene and Elliot watched the horror movie and he puts on his father's jacket and the mask comes up with the idea of F society but anyway Elliot was asked by Darlene, where the real Elliot was, and our Elliot said he was in a safe place. I don't know. I'm still confused. Okay, so, um, so yes, uh, I already responded to this, but I, I had said, um, my understanding is everything we saw through each, se each season happened. All the people that died stayed dead. The Red Universe was the Alderson Infinite Loop where Elliot where our Elliot put the real Elliot. Our Elliot tries to kill the real Elliot, which he does temporarily. I think basically what the show needed to do was show that the real Elliot could not be killed. I think that it kind of got a little bit up its ass a little bit by showing, uh, you know, trying to ha have this marriage happen and uh, Mr. Robot explain it. I, I felt like they needed to have the, the real Elliot come back to say, you can't kill me, you know? Um, uh, I I basically wanted them to show how the loop would restart regardless if he tried to kill um, Elliot or not. Um, let me see what else we have. Politically correct speech isn't my fucking thing, says. <laughs> uh, is Tyrell the real Elliot? That's what it comes across. 
Um, for many reasons, no. Um, first one, I think that the characters have clearly been in separate places at separate times. I know that we had uh, danced and we had fancied a couple of these theories that um, I think it was name his name was Crayon Divinity had a really great with a K. He had a great video that was kind of theorizing if Elliot and Tyrell were the same person. And there was a lot of compelling evidence that they were, but overall, I don't think that there is solidified evidence that they would be. And especially because, I mean, they're clearly, they are clearly um, in two separate places at once. Or, you know, they, they can't be in the same place at once, so I don't think they can be the same person. Plus, um, I don't think it was confirmed that, well... Let me think. I don't know. No, I, I, I'm just gonna say no. I don't believe so. Black Ham said, "Let me see. I thought would it would be an action-packed uh, two-parter, with first part being a setup and the second part resolving all the storylines that were hinted. I'm kind of disappointed. It turned out to be another therapy episode. It's a bit annoying knowing our Elliot was never real. The whole." quote unquote what is and isn't real was good with Elliot's dad, but it after it got kind of annoying because I never know if the characters are actually in danger. And if they are and if they are, the writers could just say it wasn't real to negate any consequences consequences of what happened. The whole persona thing should have just ended after we found out Mr. Robot wasn't real. It's mostly why I despise season two. Okay, so, and he has, uh, Black Ham does have uh, uh, one or two likes on that, so he's he's not alone. I'm not going to begrudge the people that wanted a more action-packed season uh, finale. I completely understand that. I was a little bit more geared to have a tempered season finale, mostly because I don't think that the season finales of the seasons are the strongest parts of Mr. Robot. I think they give a nice capper. I think it's a nice cherry on top. I think it's, uh, you know, extremely well done. But in in comparison to some of the amazing episodes that happen through the season, such as the Vera episode of you know, that revelation, I thought that episode alone could have just dropped the mic right there. I know it wouldn't have been nearly as satisfying, but I would, you know, if they would have ended it right there, I would have been like, holy fuck, you know, like you, you, you left us hanging on, you know, dropping the big bomb on us. And so having this kind of second reveal of him being this, this other personality, like I said earlier, it was not the biggest reveal for me. I thought it was like, whoa, man, now everything makes sense. It wasn't like, holy shit, you know? It's not like blew my hair off and my eyebrows away. It it was more like, you know, like I, I'm, uh, now everything is starting to click into place. Now everything makes more sense. So, you know, Black Ham, I'm, I'm, I understand what you're feeling, and I'm, I'm sorry it wasn't more of a action jam-packed for you, and it was way more metaphorical than, and metaphysical than I was, and surreal than I was expecting, you know, him walking around the, uh, the red universe in his mind or whatever, but, um, yeah, it, it, it's one of those endings, I think, that is going to play differently as you you know come away from the show it's it's about two weeks out from the finale now and so uh i kind of did want to uh, go spend some holiday time and then come back and record this just mostly because i wasn't sure how i was gonna sit with it and the longer i do sit with it the longer i i i do enjoy the ending but i am recognizing the flaws that it has i you know i can't say that it's perfect because mostly because i um there were gripes I had with it and it's not major gripes and it's not gripes that are going to ruin the show or the legacy of it. Like I'd still highly recommend this to just about anybody. Um, um, you, you know, you, you're going to get hooked on some level, but, um, you know, I can't ignore some of the, the small tidbits and clues that Sam Esmo was leaving out for us to, to get such as what is 1116, you know, like I, I felt like 
uh, 1116 was such a motif through all of the clocks and, you know, the ticking of the time and the background and um, White Rose having such a meticulous uh, uh, planning for, you know, every second of her, of her life. It just felt like I, I had said this in previous podcasts that sometimes Sam Esmail will linger on, you know, something that makes it feel like it's way more important than it really is. A lot of the times I'm thinking of specifically there's pictures and um, uh, artwork that are just kind of lingered on in in the seasons. And I don't think we've gotten any explanation to any of those. Um, to my knowledge, there was uh, these posters in the backs, uh, in the back rooms of where White Rose interviewed Elliot and then when White Rose interviewed uh, El- Elliot and Angela, sorry, Angela had the hang in there poster with the cat in the background, and then Elliot had another one, something almost the same, um, kind of like a hang in there. And those didn't really come to anything. Like, there was no reason to have them there. It, uh, the, the faces covered with uh, stickers or whatever on, on the photos. I, you know, we assumed it was so that those people would come back in the Red Universe, but that ultimately came to be nothing. So I'm not going to sit here and say this is a perfect series by it all, by any means, um, but it executes what it really does well on some of the highest levels. Linda H. says, Sorry, my uh, Bluetooth connected real quick. Linda H. says, Personalities are formed to compart- com- compartmentalize because, uh, because knowledge of all the information at once would be too much. The mother developed the part of Elliot that blamed himself for the abuse and hated himself for being weak. Some personalities are not helpful except for their ability to bear burden of certain inconveniences incapacitating emotions or events if i'm truly getting the psychology on this wrong someone truly i don't know give me a heads up um let me see i wrote down what the different personalities uh, were on uh from krista let me see let me see see. okay so robot the first personality was created when he jumped out of the window he is the protector to replace his father um, and protect Elliot from intolerable situations. The mother personality is the persecutor, blaming Elliot for the abuse, and I guess uh, self-hate. Elliot's young self, to handle the abuse, Elliot's young self was created to handle the abuse he couldn't tolerate, which definitely sounds way too close in proximity to the robot character. Like, I'm not really sure if Sam Esmo gave enough explanation to what the difference is with Robot and Elliot, um, just from that line. And then the last personality is the rage personality, Elliot. Elliot's uh, the final personality that Krista is unable to crack because she has no idea that she was talking to one of the personalities. So, um... Yeah, I appreciate it, Linda. That was one thing that when I originally covered the podcast, I was like, what are the different personalities again? What do they represent? And going back and rewatching it and, uh, you know, writing down and everything, they definitely have a very thin line they walk, especially. It's like Mr. Robot's there to, to handle the, you know, to handle when Elliot can't take the punches or mastermind Elliot can't take the punches. But, uh, young Elliot's also there for intolerable situations. So it's like, what is the difference between the two? I'm not really sure what the, why they would, you know, divide that. Y'all let me know in the comments if y'all have a big distinguishing um, measure between young Elliot and Robot, especially because Robot is supposed to be designed as a protector. And like I said in the feedback or in the original finale, this motherfucker has tried to fuck Elliot, you know, mastermind Elliot up a lot. Like he's trying to, you know, you know, uh, his first season, he throws him off the boardwalk. Second season, he's metaphorically shooting him. But I mean, it's, I, I guess, you know, I got to think about it because is 
Mr. Robot trying to get rid of Mastermind Elliot and trying to bring real Elliot back or what? Because the more you think about it, it's like, what exactly are they fighting control for? And is Mr. Robot actually fighting for control of the Mastermind or is he fighting control for control of real Elliot? I guess that's the real question or if that's the same thing. Megan Walter says, read up on DID. Every alter makes perfect sense in that regard. This is a real disorder that people can have. Sam didn't have to make up anything regarding that the aspects because he knew about DID and what it entails. Yes, from what I hear, DID is, you know, a real disorder. And I th I don't remember which uh, podcast. It might have been Bald Move. It might have been uh, Post Show Recaps. But one of them had a feedback uh Somebody write in and they said that one of the, you know, watchers of Mr. Robot, their mother used to uh, have DID and they would get calls from their mother from the different personalities. And one, I thought that's that's horrifying and fascinating at the same time. Like, I, I don't know what I would do if I had my mother just changing personalities on me. It just sounds like. That just sounds so left field from anything I could relate to, but I was just like, okay, so this um, uh, this writer, uh, the person that was writing in was saying they would get calls from their mother uh, from the different personalities, and when it was certain personalities, they wouldn't want to talk. Uh, they wouldn't want to talk to their mother. And so I completely agree, Megan. Um like it's a real disease it's a real or disorder i guess and uh it absolutely uh, can it sounds like it's very difficult to deal with um let me see so i want to be fair to the people that didn't like it i know there's there's a couple um Miroslav Nikotic says such a wasted opportunity, too many plot holes, setups didn't pay off, characters that didn't have any point, White Rose, Angela was laughable, disappointing ending for such a great show. Well, um, Wyroff, I'm sorry about that. Um, and I asked him if he had any um, uh, theory theories crafted for the finale just to see if he wanted something to happen. And he said, why? No need for that. Only question was, is it a dream? Is it some sort of opioid trans? But it was all in his head, and that was the only option. Can you guess why? I can't believe nobody even th thinks about that. Um. Well, like I said, Miroff, I in my podcast leading up to the finale, I kind of had myself braced for this kind of finale. I was, I was actually hoping we would get some more explanations to the White Rose and Dark Army and Angela stuff. But I was braced for not having it as well. And we ended up getting a definitive answer on one side, whether the, the machine worked or not. But we also got a lot of questions as on it as well. Because everyone in the show is saying it's not real. The thing that's saying it for me that it is real is the fact that we saw young Angela. Um, now, if that's not enough... If that's not enough for uh, you as the listener to say that, oh yeah, then the... The machine definitely worked. Well, I want to see what convinced... I, I guess this would would go along with the dropped plot lines would be the reasoning of why you have to kill yourself to get to this other place. Why can't, why can't you just die of natural causes or something? Um, Victor keeps it 100. For a couple different reasons I cried at the end of the show. Not a perfect show, but fucking brilliant despite any flaws. It's definitely in my top five favorite shows. Victor keeps 100. I am right there with you. I feel 100% about that. It clearly has flaws, but it's still one of my favorite television shows of all time. Um, let me go through a couple of notes that I took real quick before we hop off of the podcast. There's a couple of these things that I might have covered in the previous um, finale, but just, just to kind of round up some stuff. Um... Like I said, cinematography, direction, music, characters, story, relatable, all of the above, all of them are phenomenal. Those are some of the best things that you could say about this um, amazing series. Mr. Robot is actually the reason I got into podcasting. I've said it several times, but um, 
this was the theory crafting show that, you know, I was like, damn, maybe I need a little bit of supplemental information. Some, um, you know, maybe a 20 minute podcast here or a 50 minute podcast there to kind of enlighten me on what the hell I just watched. Maybe kind of get some cool comments and reviews and see what other people in the world are thinking about Mr. Robot. And so that's why I got into podcasting or that's why I got into listening to podcasts. From there, I decided to produce podcasts. So, um, yeah, let me let me talk about a couple of the, uh, the 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 notes that I took within the final two episodes, and we'll start wrapping it up there. The music, Domo worry got no Mister Robot. Yeah, so um, yeah, uh, it was inevitable that we would get Mister Roboto, and if you listen to the uh, lyrics of it. You know, he's like, I got a secret. I'm just a man who needed somewhere to hide. And there's a reason I'm a podcaster, not a singer. But yeah, so anyways, listen to the lyrics of Mr. Roboto. It definitely sounds like it's representing all of what the show is 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 referring to. Um, Girl on Scooter is the same girl from season one. And... Uh, this is in the Red Universe. Apparently, she isn't supposed to be Darlene in this Red Universe. But it doesn't make sense because at the end of season one, he, uh, he says he states that Darlene used to run around on singing Frere Jacques on the scooter. So I don't understand why that's not referred to as Darlene at this point. Um, I, and I haven't heard any um, explanations on uh, any podcast of it either. But I was surprised. I was like, good Lord, that girl grew up. Um, 11.16 opposite of uh five nine is you know that that's a, that's what a lot of people were talking about or of some sort um because 1116 was everywhere um in the red universe his mother's clock was always set to 1116 in the real world as well when they went to go visit and elliot noted uh notes it as well so i'm kind of curious about that i wonder if they even went to go see his mother and what makes me wonder is any time we're seeing 1116, are we in the Red Universe? Because that's something I actually wanted to maybe go back and check if we did a rewatch. If anyone's doing that, go back and check and see if that's uh, confirmed. I don't know if that is confirmed or not. Did uh, Darlene know about his abuse? My guess, and a lot of people's guesses, is probably not. Because Darlene was really pissed about the way her mother treated her father. And if she knew what her father was doing to Elliot, I really doubt that she would um, be saving, uh, would be on that side. Um, I've thought about alternate universes in which, you know, I was super successful, very much in the same sense that Elliot has created a loop for, you know, real uh, mastermind Elliot has created a loop for real Elliot. And. You know, I, I it's something to be reflective of in, in some ways. You know, I, I have my my folks are divorced, and I that's something I've thought about a lot. You know, what if what if they had stayed together? What if, um, you know, they hadn't moved, I hadn't moved, I didn't make new friends, I stayed in you know a single place, maybe became more successful in that place, and uh, I I've thought about that alternative timeline for myself personally. And so seeing it kind of realized on screen again um, for the second time on the show. Well, it's not the second time on the show, but rewatching the show. I really did have that connection of, wow, I've had this fantasy before of having, you know, what what if my, you know, what if my life was quote unquote perfect? And um, it do obviously doesn't show like the downsides of it, but it uh, it's something I have given thought about too, you know, being, you know, the number one in my class being best on all the sports teams you know I'm not you know I'm not a, a at either and so it's kind of uh reflective in that way um Philip's lines are like but when he first sees Philip in red red uh universe he says Phil uh I'm evil incarnate I'm just joshing you he says things that I don't think Philip would ever say in the real world. So that was another clue that we're probably in the Red Zone universe. Um, was his mother always mean? You know, uh, there's 
a lot of anger taken out on Elliot in the flashbacks, but she seems to be nice in the Red Universe. So ultimately, I think we land on that she was uh, somewhat abusive and mean in the uh, real timeline, mostly because that's what Darlene acknowledges. Elliot probably slipped into a state at the end of season one with uh, into the Red Universe with uh, the photo without Darlene shown in the Times Square on. And it's also so at the end of season one, when him and Mr. Robot are kind of dishing it out, um, there's like this big scene in the middle of Times Square and Elliot is like yelling at his family that's on screen, I think, on Times Square. And it's the same photo of everyone without Darlene. And um, it's the same photo that is shown on Mr. Robot's, uh, or sorry, his father's phone in the Red Universe. And so my guess is, I wonder if that is Elliot kind of... Uh, I, I guess slipping into the red universe. Um, let me see. Tyrell for the last time. I think the only reason I could think of the relevance of Tyrell, especially fading off into the blue light is definitely the, um, the fact that I think he was not living his real life. I don't think that he was really Tyrell. I think that he was live. I think so. I think this Tyrell we were watching the entire season was a different Tyrell from what we, you know, would originally have known. Now we don't know Tyrell's uh, secret or trauma or whatever, but we know he was kind of fucked up before. So, especially with the relationship he was having, and uh, you know, he was kind of like a. A train wreck waiting to happen. Um, let me see. Let me see. I love the final wipe down they do. You know, it's kind of a motif. Oh, we got to do a wipe down. Everything gets microwaved. Everything gets blown up. Everything gets thrown out of the trash. He does a wipe down in the final episode. Oh, he has to wipe himself down because he, he just killed himself. Um, let me see. Oranges in the back of the truck. A signal of death, if anyone knows. Um, when Elliot is trying to put him, uh, when he's trying to pack himself up in the box and take him out into the car, there's a truck that pulls up and it's a big orange truck. And so anybody knows motifs in um, movies as oranges are signal of death. Um, Dom, when she gets the ID from Elliot, says, this person is nothing like you. She doesn't say this person doesn't look like you. She says, is nothing like you. And I think that's, you know, very specific to the point where I think that this means our Elliot, that our mastermind Elliot, really does look like real Elliot. Um, let me see. The ticking of the clock seems to be relevant throughout the entire series, mostly revolving around uh, White Rose, but it somehow comes back when he's trying to pack up him, you know, himself into the back of uh, Tyrell's truck with the box leaking blood. And um, the ticking watch is in the background. It's like, t -t 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 -t. and I was like, oh shit, it's coming back, you know? But I really do feel like that was kind of a motif that was dropped in a way. Like, what is the point in the, the clocks and all of that? Like, there was so much imagery revolving time, mostly revolving around White Rose, that I didn't understand why this had the ticking motif behind, and we didn't really have anything reflecting white rose maybe i was off and it's not reflecting white rose it's just reflecting everything but i felt like there was always a ticking time watch majority of the time behind white rose's scenes or scenes that we wanted to to catch that were relevant um creating let me see oh wait sorry these are the personalities i wrote down um okay so the very last scene with Elliot hopping into um oh sorry the very last scene with them pulling out of the city and all of the personalities standing in the room and kind of uh you know explaining they'll always be a part of him it's emotional and I love the how close it gets to the character of robot sorry uh Elliot but he doesn't say anything you know he just kind of focuses in on the camera. 
And from there, he walks into the Cineplex and watches what I believe is Elliot's life. And what most people are saying is those are scenes from the entire series, not just season four. Um, I I tried to go back and watch some. I I don't I can't see any scenes that I know for sure that are them. Um, but yeah, it was um kind of an Interstellar esque ending, if you know what I mean. Just with the oh, it's not really an ending of Interstellar, but there's you know a scene where Matthew McConaughey is looking at a screen of some people he loves and he's upset, and this <laughs> this was very uh it, it evoked that feeling very much. Um. But yeah, Mr. Robot. Wow, what a fucking awesome show. I I can't say enough good things about it. I um would have liked maybe one or two more things tied up here and there in a nice little bow, but I can't complain really about the entire series cuz I I think that it's such a cinematic achievement. It's it's the one show that I can point to that says look what you can do on television. Look, you don't need to have something on the big screen to make it feel like it's, you know, uh, a movie. And I felt like every time I was watching Mr. Robot every week, it was like watching a brand new movie. Um, fascinating work from all sides of the spectrum, front of the camera to the back of the camera, Rami Malek, Carly Shakin, Angela Doubleday, Christian Slater, uh, you know, the director, the Todd Campbell, we have Sam Esmail, Todd Campbell as cinematographer, uh, we have uh, Matt Quill on the on the ones and twos. We have amazing music. I, I can't say enough good things about it. It's just it's just amazing television show, and it's sad that it's over. It's that's that's one thing. I I do feel like what do we got to look forward to now? You know, I I think about that every once in a while. Just uh, not having any more Mister Robots. Like, what the hell do we got to look forward to? So. I've come to the decision that I'm definitely going to watch anything else that, you know, these individuals are um, going to be involved in. You know, Sam Esmail's style is just phenomenal. We already covered uh, Homecoming, which is a series on Amazon Prime that is directed by him. And uh, you can check that out on the Looked Up podcast reviews as well. Um, it's probably on SoundCloud, I believe. But, um, yeah, it. He is a phenomenal creator. I I think occasionally there's a tad. It's not it's not 100% style over substance. He just has some really mad, uh, interesting badass style, and I I really like it. And so I'm ready to follow wherever they go. Um, watch some brand new television shows, some brand new mystery shows, some um, stuff that reflect our own reality and our you know our own culture. In the times that we live in, I will say if you have a show you're looking for to kind of fill the void of Mr. Robot, uh, a lot of people I hear are referring everyone from Mr. Robot to The Leftovers. The Leftovers is up there with my top 10 favorite television shows of all time, not decade of all time. Up there with Mr. Robot, I, I'm, The Leftovers was life-changing just as Mr. Robot has been. Um, and when I say life changing, I mean, I'm literally changing the, the craft. I make my, <laughs> my videos and my photos and the way I make my digital media is, is changed because I've watched this media. And so, you know, check out the leftovers mainly specifically for the story. I won't say that it has that same, um, aesthetic that Mr. Robot has, but it does have that mystery. It does have that, um, sense of surrealness in a way and there's tons of podcasts that you can listen to bald move post show recaps um a bunch of stuff like that but also come back to us you know you always gotta stick with the luck doll but uh there's a lot of accompanied uh companion listening pieces that help you understand what's going on in the leftovers and I will say the first four episodes of season one of the leftovers are the slowest but once you get past five five to the end of the series there's only three there's only three uh seasons and each 10 episodes each and once you get past episode five of season one i'd say every episode after that is a mic drop i mean it is fucking like you were not ready 
and it only gets better with each episode. So season two of Leftovers has been called some of the best television on television, period. Has fucking Regina King in it. So that, that should tell you alone. You know, Justin Thoreau, you won't know who he is if you haven't watched it yet. But if you know anything about Carrie Coon, oh, buddy, oh, my goodness. I am just pumped for all y'all. Anybody that has not listened to it or watched it that is going to, I'm just curious if... Uh, what y'all are thinking because uh, I'm, I'm shaking in my boots right now thinking I'm like excited for y'all to watch it. It almost makes me want to go back and rewatch it. It is phenomenal television and uh, yeah, be sure to check it out. Thank you for listening to the Luck Dog Podcast, paypal.me slash Luck Podcast for all donations. It is not cheap to run a podcast, you know, keeping people on, running streams, going to movies, paying for bullshit. It ain't free. It ain't cheap. And so all your support absolutely helps keep the lights on here. Uh, PayPal.me slash Podcast. Check out comments, questions, concerns. Email the Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Podcast, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube. Links are all down below in the description. Thank you for watching. Watching. Thank you for watching, listening, whatever you're doing with the Luckdog Podcast. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Be sure to um, use your Amazon Echo to download TuneIn and you can listen to all the brand new Looked Up podcasts at your leisure. Thank you. And take it easy. Goodbye, friend. <laughs>